Welcome to The Clarity Call, a podcast which provides encouragement and guidance for parents overwhelmed with the responsibilities of raising a child with special needs or has a medically complex diagnosis. Gain an enlightening perspective that helps dispel feelings of fear, uncertainty, or exhaustion as you venture into a life of peace, joy, and clarity. You're now on The Clarity Call with Alicia and Kimberly. Welcome back, everyone. We're glad you're with us for another week. This episode is part two of Sean Frainer's Grand Canyon Adventure. Last week, we heard the very exciting and fun beginning of her journey, leading into the very challenging and emotional part. This week, we'll get to hear how she struggles through getting out of the Grand Canyon and shares with us so many amazing life lessons that she learned through that journey. We hope you enjoy the second half of this amazing interview and story. Next goal is to get to three mile. So there is a uh, area that you can rest at at three mile. And, um, so that's it. I can get to three mile and it, so at this point I'm walking about, uh, one mile an hour is basically what my speed is, which is sad, but true. But anyhow, I'm thinking so amazing I, given the circumstances. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. And I'm still actually not concerned about my physical, uh, well, I just knew I was exhausted. I was extremely, but I, I felt like my, I was hydrated. I felt like I was good, that I'd eaten plenty. You know, I, I carried a snack in my pocket and was constantly eating and I felt good. Like that I wasn't in medical danger is what I felt. Now, Stephanie, who is the one observing me, um, is feeling the opposite <laughs> than I was feeling, but I kept trying to convince her, nope, I'm good. And anyhow, so... I just kept telling myself the whole time, I can do hard things. I know I can do hard things. And then I'd say, I can't do this hard thing. I just can't do this hard thing. And then I'd have to tell myself, but you can't do this hard thing. And so it was like this inner battle inside of me telling me that I can do it, but you know you can't do this. But you know you can do this. Just take one more step. Every step is getting you closer to the finish. Every step is getting you closer. So... Oh my goodness, we made it to three mile. And this means I only got three miles left. Like you think that that was like so obtainable. It was so not obtainable at this moment. <laughs> so anyhow, oh. I'm like three miles. That's just like a walk. So we have a place in town that's about three miles away. And I'm like, that's just like a walk to the Y and back. Like I can do this. And I'm like, I, that's flat, straight ground. This is straight up a canyon wall. Anyhow, and so. We get to three mile. There's benches there. Oh my gosh. I don't know how I'd ever lived without wooden benches in my life, but <laughs> they were so delightful. <laughs> I love hard wooden benches. So we get to the benches, we lay down and, um, I am now, this may be TMI, but, um, I'm now like excessively peeing. So I am, peeing a river every five minutes and I didn't I'm like as long as I'm generating urine I my kidneys are good like that's what I've always thought I didn't realize that excessive urine is also a sign of kidney failure I didn't know that 
So I'm like, I'm good. I'm still producing. I'm good. And my girlfriend, who's an EMT, who knows way more medical stuff than I do, she's really, really concerned. So um, I'm having, I'm cramping. Um, I'm having excessive urination. Um, it's now, it's um, one in the morning. So then my goal was to get out in 24 hours, which I still knew I was, it was impossible, but that was all, you know, I always have to have these goals. I can reach this goal. And um, she is like, I don't know, maybe we should call. There's a, an emergency phone in this area. And she's like, maybe we should call. I said, what are they going to do? I still have to get out of the canyon. Like, I, I can't, I got to get out. I have to get out. I have to do this. And she's like, but what if you're putting yourself in danger? And I'm like, no, I'm still good. And I'm just really tired. She's like, it's more than that. I'm like, okay. Anyhow, so we rest there at three miles for an hour. And I, I can't sleep. So I'm like, I can't sleep. Let's just start. Let's start going. I mean, we have a mile and a half to get to the mile and a half rest area. Like, let's do it. And so she's like, and I just, she says, okay, well, cause she's really worried at this point. She's been carrying my pack, which my pack is like five times heavier than her pack because I have to be prepared for everything apparently. So she's carrying my pack. I'm carrying hers. And she said, oh, I forgot to tell you this delightful part of the trek. So we've got these headlamps at Indian Garden and she had borrowed, she had used one of my, I brought two, she used one of mine. Well, the headlamp that I had brought her apparently didn't work. So we are both hiking off of only my headlamp and she's behind me because she wants me to be able to stop whenever I need to stop. And so she is hiking in my light behind me. So as we're stepping up ledges, I'm trying to turn around to show my light to her so she can step over that um, ledge and um, trying to hope that she doesn't fall. And so she's, we're hiking with hiking sticks and she's using her hiking stick like as a cane to like braille, like she's moving it behind, trying to find the rocks to see where she can step. So she's hiking by braille um, and uh, and I'm hiking to just try to stay upright. So we get to three mile and um, I'm ready to go. And she said, all right, here's the deal. She's like, you've got to drink and you've got to eat. And at this point of the stage, I no longer want to drink and I no longer can eat. So she would hand me five little almonds and I would try to chew them and I couldn't chew or swallow anything. So it took me probably five minutes to chew and swallow one almond because my mouth is cotton. And I have nothing in there to be able to swallow. I could chew it just fine. I could chew it, chew it, chew it, but I could never swallow anything. So um, she's, you know, she just keeps, every time you stop, just take a sip of water. And I could still swallow water, but I couldn't swallow food. Um, I mean, it was a trial to swallow any food. Mm -hmm. Knowing that I have to have this food to have the energy to keep going, but I physically, it was impossible to do. I mean, I had this cotton mouth and I couldn't swallow anything I tried multiple different foods a dried mango or anything I was like I need to swallow something and I just chew it and chew it and chew it and just <laughs> never be able to get it down it's horrible oh no so then I'm like okay I'm ready to go and so we leave three miles she says 
it's really critical. You're really not stable right now. You need to make sure that you're hiking. She said, we, you know, as if she needed extra help, but we need to stay hiking closer to the Canyon wall away from the edge. Please don't hike close to the edge because if we do stumble, that's you're we're going to die, you know? So, and Has we are past for heavy. She had hiked it before. Okay. Oh, good. Um, and so she's like, stay close to the edge and, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. And anyhow, as we're hiking, we're seeing all kinds of critter, spiders and scorpions and all kinds of things on this path. I mean, it was riddled with all kinds of, you know, desert animals. Um, anyhow, so I'm like, okay, you know, and she's like, and you've got to drink and you've got to eat. And I'm like, okay, I'll do my best on those. Um, anyhow, so we're hiking and we're hiking and now I start having chest pain. Um, and I'm cramping. So I know I'm having heat exhaustion. Um, I'm wondering if I'm going into some type of a kidney failure situation. I'm not sure. I'm feeling like I'm not, but I'm not positive. Um, I, I know I've got heat exhaustion, but I don't think I have heat stroke. Um, but I just keep going and I, I really, um, keep going because I have to keep going. Like there's no choice. There's a sign that says, Hiking down is voluntary. Hiking out is mandatory. And I'm like, it's, I have to get out of here. So it took me an hour and a half to get to one and a half mile. And we were just hoping beyond hope that there were benches there because I get to one and a half and I knew I couldn't take one more step. I, it took everything in my entire being, everything that I had to make those last steps to get to the one and a half mile mark. And I was just hoping beyond hope for one of those delightfully hard wooden benches. And we get there and there is a little covering area with no stinking benches. And I look in there and I was so disappointed because I knew I needed to rest. I knew it. So I get in there, no benches. And so there's this tiny little, so she lays on this ledge of like this brick ledge thing that's a rock ledge that they had on the outside of this shade covering. And I knew I couldn't lay on that because I knew I would fall off. And off the, off the side of that was basically a cliff. So I knew there's no way I could lay on there because I was that not well. And so I was sitting on this teeny little, they had a little concrete pad there. I don't know what it was for. And I was sitting on it. And had my backpack and I was kind of leaned over, hunched over, trying to sleep. And at this point also, I'm trying to fight back nausea um, because once you start throwing up, you're done. Like you don't stop throwing up. And I didn't know that I could make it out if I did start throwing. And I'm holding in throwing up at this point. So trying to get comfortable. But every position I'm in sitting down, I'm putting pressure on my stomach and I I'm going to start throwing up. And I knew that was dangerous. I knew whatever I had to do, I could not throw up. And so I just said, forget it. I just said, that's it. That's it. I put on my jacket and the ground is just red dirt. It's just dirt everywhere. There's no protection of anything. And, you know, I've just walked past, you know, tons of black scorpions and all of these spiders. And I'm like, I've got to sleep. And so I put my jacket on, I've got pants on, and I just lay down in the dirt like a homeless person. Oh, <laughs> That's gosh. what I felt like. 
And I said, I just, I just need to sleep. I just need to close my eyes and I need to sleep. And I don't know how long I slept because the sun had already started coming up. Um, when, when I had gone to sleep that we were looking at, you know, the, the new light that was coming in the sky, but I closed my, so I slept for anywhere from 30 minutes to maybe 45 minutes, maybe an hour at the most. And I woke up and the sun was out and it was so delightful. And I felt like I had slept 10 hours. I felt so refreshed, tired still. I was tired, but I was like, I can do this. I got this. I can do this. Um, But obviously the last mile and a half is literally the worst of the entire trek. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm really exhausted and I'm still not eating and I'm still, you know, all the same things are going on, but I had a renewed, I knew I was so close. I was just a mile and a half away and I would be done and I would never come back ever in my life. (laughs) (laughs) So that that Uh, gave you a mental break. It gave you a mental revival. Mental, physical, I was able to just breathe. I was able to reset. I'm all about resetting, hitting that reset button. I was able to reset, uh, try some more. My girlfriend's really concerned about kidney failure, even more so, you know, at this point. I'm still like, I just have to take one more step and one more step and one more step. I'm going to one step my way out of this canyon. And so, um, yeah, we just one stepped all the way out and it was hot. By the time we were hiking up, I'm like, man, it's hot again. Like, dang it, it's hot. (laughs) So, because even at one in the morning, it was still 80 degrees. Yeah. So there had a, there was a temperature gauge and even at one o'clock in the morning, it was 80 degrees. And so, but I just kept hiking and resting and taking a breath and knowing when I needed to stop and breathe and then start, I stopped, stopped myself from sitting down because it was too hard to get back up. I would just rest and then keep going and then rest and then keep going. And I Thinking made it out of that canyon of my own will, which was debatable there for a couple of uh, miles, but <laughs> it took me 27 hours. Um, some of that was obviously resting. You know, we had to rest at Phantom for four hours and I slept. We rested, you know, about an hour maybe at Indian Garden, an hour at three mile and an hour at mile and a half. So I wasn't straight hiking the whole way, but. I pretty much hiked the whole time, um, but 27, mi- 27 hours, I made it out of there. Uh, it was, I wish I could say that I loved the experience, but I still obviously have a lot of trauma from that experience, of which is weird to say that, but um, I do. But afterwards, when we're out and home, um, I'm all about learning from something. So I'm all about what lessons do I, and I was learning lessons the whole time I was doing this mm-hmm. the whole time out. I was learning, like I'm learning lessons. I have, you have to learn something from all these hard things. And I like to associate anything hard that I do with life in general. Just how can I take this experience and grow from this experience and transform that into something into my life that can keep me motivated and do things. Anyhow, I have written down two pages myself of lessons that I learned while I was hiking um, in the canyon. And a couple of them that just, you know, I wanted to share. Um, 
So one of the things which I had told you about is I can do hard things even when I doubt myself. Mm-hmm. And I did have that struggle the whole time saying, I knew, I know I can do hard things. I have done hard things in my life. I know I can do it. But at the same time, I knew I couldn't do it, but I knew I could do it. So even when we're in any type of a situation where we feel that it's insurmountable, that we can't get through it, um, you know, you were talking about your um, child that was struggling with wanting to be alive. Um, that is something that you know you can be, stay alive, but you don't want to stay alive, but you know you can, you know, like it's just hard. You have that struggle, but you know you can do it. And you just have to keep telling yourself, no matter what difficult or hard situation, I know I can get through this. I know I can do it. And whether you need a best friend at your side or whether you need your mom at your side, whether you need God at your side, whoever can stand there by your side to help you get through that, you have to cling to that. You have to cling to that person or that thing or the ability to save yourself. And you have to just keep telling yourself you can do it. I just have to make it 10 more minutes. If I just make it one more hour, if I just go to this next doctor's appointment, if I just make it till tonight when I go to sleep, whatever that small stepping stone is, you just have to make it to that point. And then the next day you can set another stepping stone. And so that's one thing that in my life, you know, that I took from there. I had it before then, but it became really strong for me during that. And I've just, you know, realized no matter what, one step at a time, you can do it. You can do any hard thing in your life. So any of the people listening, anything that you're struggling with, you can do it, but you have to break it down into small pieces yeah. to keep doing it. Absolutely. And it just makes me think like, I know so many moms that are listening, they're in a similar situation to what I'm in with medical children. And I can promise you on one hand that I love my life and I adore my children and I am so blessed. And I believe that with every fiber of my being and every single day come afternoon time, I'm going, okay, I just have to make it this hour until it'll be dinner time. And then at this hour, we'll be finishing these cares. And then by 8 p.m., I'll be able to rest and relax as I get Jocelyn in bed for the night. I still do that every day of my life because my life is mentally and physically taxing. And that's okay. I can do both. I can love my life and I can know that I can accomplish hard things and it can still be hard and that's okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that I learned, one good lesson that I learned on this that I can take into my life is strength grows in the moments that you think you can't go on, but you keep going on anyways. Oh, yeah. And true, true. I, I felt like coming out of that experience that I was a failure because I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve in the manner that I felt was perfect. Like I, uh, another one being perfect or handling a trial perfectly isn't as important as actually surviving the trial. Yes. It, that hike did not go how I planned. I, I, I planned this story. To, I knew how it was going to go and it did not go that way for me. Um, and so I, you know, have wanted it to be this perfect way of how I, 
persevered and how strong I am. And, and I looked at it as me being a failure because I couldn't accomplish it in this perfect manner that I thought being accomplished. But I've had to really rethink that thought as to, but I did accomplish something really, really hard. And sure, it didn't go the way I wanted, but I still accomplished it. I'm still okay. I'm, you know, like there's just so, the story you know, I've had to, I have to ask you. So the story that you had planned before didn't have a rattlesnake in the beginning. Oh, there was, <laughs> I'm telling you, I never even considered a snake being on that path ever in my perfect story. And see, that's I didn't what, even think about what would you do if that happened? I didn't even consider that. Cause you can imagine some of the things like, of course my feet are going to get tired or this, or knowing your kidney stuff. Like, you know, those were realistic things going into yes. it, but the snake. And that's what I think about that as I parallel to life. Like I would have never, ever thought my life was going to have a divorce there ever. Who, who, who gets married thinking that, right? I mean, that's the snake, right? Oh, that wasn't planned in my story. Or the right. special need baby or the, you know, like no one, no one plans for the snake, you know? But, but that's what is so important at finding success, even when it doesn't go, you know, it's just, you, you just have to find the success, even in the failures. And so, yeah, yeah your, your story was beautiful. Was I mean, I love that yeah. idea. Like, even though the snake happened, that you still pass that and that's, and that it should take someone else and that's okay. Like how beautiful is that, that, that we talk so much about our village. We talk so much about needing to have a moving buddy or a partner or whoever to get you through those big challenges. And it doesn't show that you're weak. It shows that opposition comes and you still get past it. And that it's easier yeah. when you don't try to just white knuckle it, you know, when you can ask for help and reach out and have somebody encourage you and, and lift you and all of those things. Like, I mean, if we're being honest, Sean, would you have made it out without your movie, without your, uh, without Stephanie? So I had many times had the thought I need, you can just go ahead. I'll be okay. But I for sure am here to tell you I would not have made it out of that canyon without her. Yeah, like we I was so grateful. I was so grateful that um, she was right there by my side, encouraging me, reminding me to drink. Um, you know, just there, just physically having somebody right there with me. Um, I, you know, I've been out at this exact moment. I've been out a week of the canyon. And I just read on Sunday that there was a lady who was just a year older than me who just died um, hiking the Grand Canyon. And um, she had fallen behind her group. She was struggling and she had fallen behind and her group had walked up ahead um, a ways and they made it to a certain point and they waited for her and she never came. And so they turned around eventually, turned around and went back and they found her unconscious on the trail. And she ended up dying away and they think it was heat related because it's so hot. Mm -hmm. And I thought, and you know, I'm sure they were devastated that they had left her. And I thought I, as much as I thought I could get out, I don't know that I would have made it out without Stephanie there. Yeah. I don't know that I would have. And she said, you did it yourself. You did this yourself. But she discounts the, the critical role that she played 
in me safely getting out of that canyon. And so, right. Cause had your, strongly, snake buddy, had your snake buddy stayed behind, imagine how you two would have been. Oh my gosh. Like it's, yeah. such oh, a, it's such a blessing God. that like we talk about all the right things at the right times happen. Like everything happens for a reason. And that just proves that point that had that snake buddy stayed behind, would you, neither one of you might've gotten out, you know, I mean, so it is well, so amazing. It was interesting, too, because they were ahead. The message got to them that I was struggling. And, um, you know, we're all really close family friends. You know, people knew each other really well. And so my girlfriend that was up ahead with the other group, she said, oh, my gosh, what should we do? Should we go back and get Sean? Like, we need to turn back to go get Sean to help her. Um, And this other gal who was ahead, who was really struggling, she just started crying because she knew she couldn't go back. She's Mm -hmm. like, I can't. So they had to make the hard decision for them, knowing that part of the group is behind struggling, but part of the group in front is struggling. They had to make that hard decision to keep going, even though they wanted to help. They had to keep going because she needed to get out of the canyon and she wasn't going, you know, she couldn't go back. And so they made that hard decision. So sometimes it's just hard decisions everywhere. But Yeah. yeah, so they... They kept moving forward because they had to get her out of the canyon and she was struggling. And, but, you know, we, I, we went with, there was one nurse and two EMTs that were in this out of, out of five of us. So we had a lot of medical uh, expertise in our group, but um, yeah, we all made it out. Amazing. You're amazing. I am very grateful to be out. Well, it was a hard lesson to learn. I don't know. I'm still learning from it, I guess. Um, I'm still having some issues with my kidneys. I did have to go get tested to make sure that I wasn't in kidney failure um, because I'm still having a lot of kidney pain. Um, apparently, I don't know. It's done something to my liver, so I have liver issues. I'm not in kidney failure. I just need to rest and let drink lots of water and give my kidney a rest. But um, my body is telling me that... As much as I like to do extreme things, I might need to send some spa trips instead. <laughs> Lesson <laughs> learned. talking about these spa trips, but they're not as exciting as hard adventures. So, yeah. yeah it's true. It wow. is so true. So amazing. We are so grateful. I mean, if everybody listening, I absolutely know you can find how this is an analogy for your life. Even if you're not climbing, you know, going hiking the Grand Canyon rim to rim, you have your own Grand Canyon in your life. And I love that Sean, you know, the very first thing that she posted on social media in her list of things she learned was when you put together enough one more steps, you can get anywhere. And I hope that you'll find the ability to take one more step in your life so that you can keep getting there because we all have that strength inside us and and sometimes we need other people and you know we don't be afraid to reach out and and you don't have to uh, uh, grow endurance on your own endurance grows naturally as you continue to work at being a better stronger you regardless of how you get there and who helps you get there it all matters it's all important on the journey Love it. Yeah. Wow. I know. Powerful stuff. So thank you. Well, and you don't have to, you don't have to be perfect. Right. You don't have to do it perfectly. Like you just have to do it. And for me, it was defeating that I wasn't perfect because I have 
a very OCD personality of perfectionism and having to do things the, the right way. And it doesn't have to be perfect to have accomplished something. So and something your day great. may look ugly, right? Your day may look ugly when the, with the things that you're dealing with, but you're still getting through it. And I think that's key. Yeah. Well, you are a prime example to us, Sean, and we are, it's a joy. Man, we might have a monthly uh, episode here with you because <laughs> no. you got lots to teach us. <laughs> we love it. I'm, I, I'm not doing any more hard things for at least three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> at least three weeks. I'm sure you'll have a few hard things as you have a, a grandson sitting in a hospital right now waiting to, yes, to see I an outcome with grand. him. So you're going to still do hard things, but yes, it may not yes, be how you're yes. thinking they're going to be. Yeah. Right. It never works out perfectly. There you go. Well, it, so we'll finish uh, before we do our would you rather with our mantra, which is the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. And I would even add getting out of the Grand Canyon depends on the quality of your thoughts. Exactly. You did. You had to think a lot through that one. Yeah. Amazing. But, and here's something that nobody knew, not Alicia and not Sean. And just for everybody listening, this is the first time we've heard Sean's story. We've saw little snippets on social media that she's posted, but we didn't know about the snake incident until this interview right now. And the would you rather that I've chosen for today says, so I already know Sean's answer. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Would you rather hold a snake or get licked by a cow? (laughs) Oh, super easy. (laughs) Yeah. Like you you even say Holding a snake actually made my heart. Yeah, probably had a physical reaction to that, huh? I yes. Okay, so Sean's getting licked by a cow. cow. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've done both. I actually held a huge yellow. I don't know what kind of snake it was, but python when we were traveling at one point, and it was huge and heavy. Yeah. So, but I've also been licked by a cow, and that tongue is so. I know. (laughs) Cow tongues are yeah. Oh, so gross. So, oh, and I held an alligator. That's right. Ooh, so, to go. Yeah. So I'm not super afraid of things like that. I don't know. And I mean, with, I mean, I get slobbered on all day, every day. So I think I'm picking being licked by a cow, cow too. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's less danger in being licked by a cow. So I guess that's probably <laughs> safer. It's a safer bet. Yeah. All right. We'll all get, we'll all go to the farm. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks again for your time and your amazing uh, life lessons that you're willing to share with us, Sean. And we hope that everyone out there is able to, again, apply this to your own circumstances and find your strength. And please reach out if we can help and would love to hear your thoughts and, and comments and questions and any of it, um, on social media. So we hope everybody has a fantastic week and we'll see you again next time. You've been listening to The Clarity Call with Alicia and Kimberly. Find additional episodes of the program on any popular podcast app or search Apple iTunes. You may also subscribe to The Clarity Call to catch every episode. If you've enjoyed the content of this podcast, we invite you to share it and please leave a rating and review of our program. If you'd like to connect with Alicia and Kimberly on social media, you can find them on Instagram as The Clarity Call or on Facebook under Clarity Call. They can also be reached by email at theclaritycall at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and supporting our program.